0: Welcome to Learners and Leaders, the education podcast where all things literacy, learning, and growth are discussed. Here are your hosts, Huda Harajli and Jennifer Kibbe. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Episode 1 of the Learners and Leaders podcast. I'm Huda, and I'm joined by my amazing friend, Jen Kibbe. And we are here to talk literacy today in young children. Are you ready, Jen? I'm all ready. Let's do it. So, Jen, there's different research, right? Um, First of all, in a recent study of the 20 most developed nations, the United States ranked 12th in literacy.
1: And I just take a deep breath when you say that because it feels heavy and crushing. So... That lends itself to this conversation that we'll have here today. How can we change that? How can we take that gap? And we want to be first. I mean, we're the United States of America. And there isn't any reason why we can't be.
0: And And it's not for like a prying, Jen. I think everyone is trying. I think parents are trying. I think teachers are trying. I think schools are trying. And are we just not focusing on the right things, I wonder? And so Jen's background is in reading and literacy. She is definitely my guru. She is the person I call when I have questions. My background is in early childhood education. That was my master's. And then my other master's was in English as a second language. So I'm ready to tackle this with you. Are you ready? Let's do it let's do it. So here's the thing. Some educators will tell you that the word gap between children who are read to at home by their caregivers and the children who are not um, consistently read to is almost 30 million. The research that we're looking at today puts that gap at 1.4 million, still a huge number. Jen, what you taught for a very long time, What did you notice as a teacher with children coming in and not maybe having that prior exposure to books? So I think what
1: needs to happen is talking around books at home, talking around text. And so every opportunity that you have with your young learners, grabbing a book and talking about the picture, tying in Real world experiences. You can pick up those pages of the book and it's grocery stores and walking through and talking about the fruits and vegetables and springboard into let's make our grocery list. So I think that it has to get back into the family, what we're doing at home, to access, to what we place value on. it's concerning to me because, you know, this pandemic has brought us out of grocery stores with our children. Um yes. and, and for good reason. You know, we we were not, we were bringing groceries into our home. We were washing them down yeah. before they came in. So, oh, yes. So, we need to hop back into, even if the groceries are coming to the door that doesn't keep you from making the list of what's to come. So I think it's very important to take the language that we use when we're reading, in reading the book, extend it into conversation with our littles, so that we can grow that vocabulary. Because as you said, children are not coming in with the same number of words because there is an access to them. And this goes so deeply into that conversation that you can lend itself to, um, the idea of working with our ELs. And what better set for you to share a bit of what you know?
0: Okay, so I'm going to be super vulnerable right now and tell you I'm, I come from a family of seven. My parents did not read with us at home. And it's not because they set out to not read with us. They were wonderful caregivers. They were wonderful parents, very loving. If you look at my siblings and I, we most of us have college degrees. Uh, my sister is working on her master's right now. But at home, my mom and dad, and I think this is true for families, whether they're new to the United States, whether they are, you know, they've been in the country for a long time families don't know and it's not like this is not to shame families I look at my mom and dad and they were wonderful parents they were so loving but nobody ever said hey Huda we're going to read a book but they of course made sure we went to school on time they made sure that we were dressed well that we were fed that we were getting sleep so families by default love their children I, I truly believe this is all in my heart how can we support families in saying hey Reading and is it going to the pediatrician's office and the pediatrician having those conversations? Uh, Jen, what is that program that um, gives books to pediatricians um, to pass on to families? So,
1: in the state of Michigan, I know we have the early start program, and I can remember with our first that we were signed up and Books just uh, some of the favorite um, board books just arrived through the state of Michigan. Um, I know this allows us in this format of podcasting allows us to reach many many others and, and of our own state um, but I have to believe that there are programs that you can sign up for and a box of books will arrive. Our library system, you know, we, we also have these new apps to our phone that are free, like Libby, using yeah. Libby, using um, some of the other venues to a book. While my passion is to hold the board book or to hold the paperback book in hand and talk about it, I am slowly coming around, <laughs> I'm so proud of you, <laughs> yes. to having books in other forms, um, whether it be on a tablet, on your phone, um, so I'm, I'm changing my thinking there, but I've been slow to come to it, and I'm finding enjoyment that way. Um, I'm giving away, you said you were vulnerable i'm giving away a bit of where I am. We spoke in episode um, zero about Huda being a young mom, and i'm on the other side of things twenty five plus years in education. You can do the math and and no you can't see me, but there's gray hair there so in any event um, you know we we have to if we value books and we value literacy, which has brought us to this moment, um, we have
0: to find ways to put texts in all learners' hands. Absolutely. And so we can go back to that research, uh, John, and that was in the Journal of Developmental and Behavioral Pediatrics. And it literally said to us when we were looking over the episode notes, it's Over the five years before kindergarten entry, researchers estimate that children from literacy rich homes homes, hear 1.4 million more words than children who are never read to. So this lends itself to a need to start that early childhood education component. And part of it is public policy. We know that Funding needs to go into these books, into these programming, Um, support for mothers, support for fathers, support for families and caregivers. Um, The longer I teach and work, the more I realize there is not a typical family setup. There is not a typical situation. So how do we reach people um, and give them access to books? Because I think that will be a game changer when children enter Our classrooms, um, when children enter our societies, and I think Jen and I agree on this: um, that literacy is a civil and human right. Um, Education is a civil and human right, and sometimes we look at it in the context of areas of conflict. Oh, yeah, those children aren't going to school, and those children are not. But even here in the United States, there are concerning statistics regarding literacy and ability to read and. The fact that three out of five people in prison are considered illiterate. All of these things, when you put them together, paint a very concerning picture, which is kind of what inspired us to do our podcast. But we're also not just in the game of compare and despair. We want to provide solutions. So one promise that you will always have from Jen and I um, is that whenever we bring up a problem or a concerning statistic, we're going to offer solutions. We're going to offer practical steps that can help move us in the right direction. Jen, you and I have talked a lot about conversations and could you give me an example of what a natural conversation would look like between like a parent and a child? Of course. I
1: think it's in that discourse, in that moment, I'm, I cringe. <laughs> I cringe you cringe when I when I hear um, baby talk. Um, I you I can't see
0: me, but I'm covering my face. <laughs> I still tell my two year old, "Hey, mom, do you want Wawa? Do you know what Wawa is, Jeff? You know what Wawa. Is. I'm going to guess that you're asking her
1: about water. Yes. So, and an, I have a master's degree in early <laughs> talking baby. So, okay. Please don't misunderstand. I loved the way that my youngest said Paschetti. And <laughs> I wanted to hear it over and over again. And I recorded it. <laughs> however, the modeling that I did was to say the word spaghetti. And I just think, you know, as long as we treat our young learners, our littles, however you refer to them, they're small people and if you give them the platform mm-hmm. they have big ideas and yes. they can change our thinking and they can press us in ways that we never expected and so i think you know it starts very very young in conversation and This is that other piece of literacy. You know, we start with books to find our way in and to tackle tough subjects, but it ultimately comes back to step away from the screen and spend time. Um, You know, we all, myself included, we have a lot of work to get done during the day. And um, we have tight calendars. Uh, we all do. And in some cases, they are survival. Yeah. You know, I, I must be away from the home for these number of hours or, you know, we're not going to have food on the table. Okay. Um, but I think that we have to find those small moments. And they make big, big impact. And it's in those moments of conversation, even if it's driving on the way to daycare, driving on the way to school, driving on the way to whatever the drop off is, Mm -hmm. um, turn off that radio. (laughs) And just be in that space. Because if you believe that in schools or in daycares, that it's Happening and those children are having an audience. We are missing it. We are their greatest audience as parent when we're talking about the youngest, smallest um, children, because there's a whole different management when you enter a school-based or facility-based program. So I urge, plead. Um, just take time to talk, and it doesn't have to be around around story and book.
0: Right. Um, so, Jen, you reminded me of something. We know that oral language is the greatest indicator of future literacy success. So we can tell by the age of three um, outcomes for a child just based on their vocabulary and their oral language. So my daughter likes to talk. And it's truly because I'm her mother. Like, my husband is a very not as chatty guy. But so when I look at even my little one, the other day she was reading off colors. And she said, cyan. And I looked at her and I said, oh, my goodness. Like, And a lot of that came from just giving her crayons and having her practice. And I know sometimes parents feel like, well, I'm not a teacher. I'm not equipped. And I will tell you. At home, I'm not teacher mom Huda, and I don't think you were either, Jen. No. I think we default to being parents and caregivers, and just having those conversations, whether you're at the grocery store, and I know that's been taken away from a lot of us because of the pandemic. Um, An alternative would be like a walk in the park, naming what you see, or even driving. This is a stop sign. This is a red car. This is a blue car. This is a bird. Um, But very natural stuff and engaging children in that language. And I promise I'm going to stay away from the baby language because (laughs) it's it's there. And you know what's funny is most of my friends are teachers. But I think we all just hang together. And they'll be like, "huda" when we're out at restaurants with Emily. And they're like, you need to use not baby language. And sometimes as a mom, it's like, oh my goodness, I know better. But I still do it because it's cute.
1: And it's adorable. And it it is. And we only have a blip to enjoy that baby language. And in her case, she knows (laughs) that you're saying water. And she can pronounce and say water. And she can probably say it in three languages. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yes. She is just phenomenal. And then I just think motherhood is harder now than it ever was. And I think this might be an episode for us to talk about in another episode um, a topic, but like I sent Emily to daycare, part of it, because she's an only child. Absolutely. And I want her to practice getting along with other children. And this is our family right now. So it brings up many issues and many topics. But part of me sending Emily to daycare is socialization and playing with other kids. And I do feel like her language regressed during the pandemic when everything was shut down. And she was just home with my husband and I.
1: Absolutely. No, agreed. And, and again, as we push through this and come out of it, I think that changing our situations, you know, we've only had one another. (laughs) And you, you can only do the same routine so many times. Um, But I think you touched on something there that I want to go back to. Um, Many more families were taking walks Having moments in parks, spreading out the blanket in the backyard, you know, look up at the sky, count the airplanes that pass. Um, Talking about the green trees, you know, those labeling moments where you can label things all over the house so Mm -hmm. that your home is print rich. Um, But if you're not stopping and talking about it, it's simply a card on the wall for labeling Yes so it it is i press our listeners um if they have young learners or if we're reaching you and you're heading back into the classroom to give the moments for conversation because we truly truly don't know where our children have been what they have had access to And I think we're going to start to see this new building in community as we start to push our way back back in. Um, And so just to recap, you know, we've we've touched on a myriad of ideas that are going to be springboards um, as we move forward, but thinking about how do we build the context of vocabulary and words in books. So talking and sharing, um, and, and really placing value on book time. Then we went next into that time to talk. Um, And, and now finally, as we, as we wrap, um, I know that, we had kind of one more idea to touch on.
0: Yes. Yeah. Hey, Jen, before you jump off, do you want to do a pop quiz?
1: <gasps> oh, <laughs> of course. Two. I would love to take your pop quiz, because I'm oh so good at
0: these fun <laughs> things. <laughs> what kind of student were you in school? Were you like, did school come very naturally to you? Or did you have to study really hard? What kind of student were you? I, I was... um I was a nervous.
1: Student. Me too. Um, I didn't like making mistakes. Um, I did study, but things came naturally. Um, I would say I was I was good at school. You know, I I kept copious notes um, and did well, but I backed it with lots of anxiety.
0: <laughs> I uh, yeah. I, that was it. But for me, um, school was just another thing. And I was the second out of seven. And I was helping my mom at home. And that gave me like a huge sense of responsibility. So I was always good at juggling a lot of things. Oh. Um, so even now, if you know me, I sort of does a lot. But it's because I've always had a lot to tackle. But I loved school. Um, I liked school a lot. Even though my language maybe wasn't the best when I first started. I love school. So are you ready for to to that place? I don't, know.
1: I don't know if we've talked about this. Emily and I have, at least now in Emily's life, have a lot in common. I was an only of a mother who was a teacher. I don't know if we've talked about that. So school was all around me, whether I was in school or at
0: home. <laughs> I knew you were an only child. I did not know your mother was a teacher. She But was, that makes sense. now.
1: She was, and she was um, a principal for a time, and she was a guidance counselor in school for a time. So, um, and and then I married a man whose mother and father were both educators. So, this idea of school and um, it, it's been my life. My
0: life's sure. <laughs> work. Thank you for sharing that, because a lot more makes sense but you're still not getting out of the pop quiz. Are you ready? Here we go. (laughs) Okay. And then I don't need long answers. And I promise next episode, I will do the pop quiz. All right, Jen, five questions. Literacy is? Uh, Amazing. (laughs) Okay. What is the best piece of advice you've heard that you can give to caregivers?
1: Talk to them. Spend time with them.
0: What is the worst piece of advice you've heard or read that you've heard given to um, caregivers? Keep
1: them busy with online
0: tools. Can I jump in? One of the worst piece of advice that I've heard too is that parents have to finish the whole book. So when they're reading, um, you don't have to finish the whole book. I skip pages in Brown Bear all the time. <laughs> I love it. That is perfect. Yeah. Just a couple pages. She'll you know? touch you. <laughs> I think she does. She's on to me. Okay, Jen, what is your favorite book for early readers?
1: Ooh, this is a tricky one. I have so many. Um, you know, my childhood favorite and the one that I went to was Goodnight Moon.
0: Aww, um, love that
1: too. But I love I'll love you forever. I'll like you for um, always. As long I'm as I'm living me. my baby, you'll be.
0: Um. Yeah, I love it, but there's so many. (laughs) There really are. Um, I liked all the Eric Carle books when I was younger, and Emily really likes them too. Um, and he just recently passed away. I
1: I know the very hungry caterpillar,
0: and all Mm -hmm. his books, all his books, the grouchy ladybug. Oh, that's that's like my spirit animal. Some days. (laughs) Oh. Last question. So this is a debate that's been raging in our house. Um, It's August when we're recording this episode. Jen, is it too early for Halloween decorations to go up? Oh my heavens. So
1: I was considering putting my big fall wreath on the door, all the leaves, and I thought, no, we have Labor Day, so I need to still be red, white, and blue. Um, I don't know. I'm going to dabble with that first weekend, probably Labor Day weekend, the pumpkins are coming out around the house. Harvest and fall.
0: So it's not too early. It's not too early. This, this has been the debate in our house. But, um, so yeah, I think I'm decorating. So. doesn't
1: think it's too early.
0: <laughs> Neither does TJ Maxx. Um, so, <laughs> okay, so obviously Jen and I are going to sign off and go decorate our houses probably. For- <laughs> But everyone, you can connect with us in our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Learners and Leaders. And if you have a specific topic that you would like Jen and I to address, please leave it in the comments. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us.
1: We're so grateful that you tuned in.
0: Take care. Thank you for listening to Learners and Leaders. The Education Podcast, where all things literacy, learning, and growth are discussed. If you like what you heard today, let Huda and Jennifer know by subscribing and leaving a comment. And we will see you again next time.